title this morning is Women Who Make a Mark on the World. Women Who Make a Mark on the World. I'd like to begin reading at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are in her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates." Beauty is deceitful. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Women who make a mark on the world. What you are is most important. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we come together we ask that you would speak to us through your word. We ask that today the Holy Spirit would teach us, encourage our hearts, help us to stay focused on what's important. And Lord, I thank you for the impact that ladies have on this world. I'm thankful for a day where we can celebrate what an awesome God you are and what a wonderful gift you've given to us through women. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just last month, Time Magazine released the stories behind the top 100 women of the world, probably back in, I don't know if it was 2013, Time Magazine decided that they would go back and retro, you know, time used to have man of the year, and then it was person of the year. And they were going back and they were saying, you know, there have been so many ladies that have been overlooked. What would they have, what would these Time Magazine person of the year look like? Who are the top hundred ladies? And so they went back and they started going through. And they say, for 72 years, Time named a man of the year. With few exceptions, it was almost always a man, usually a president or a prime minister or perhaps a titan in industry. Throughout history, there are the kinds of men who have wielded influence over the world. Well, in 1999, it gave way to person of the year. And while the name changed, time says often our choice was still the same. So they did this 100-year project of who would have been woman of the year. I found it fascinating as I looked through those hundred women that the world overlooks and marginalizes women. 
I think it's important that we recognize the scriptures have always recognized the true value of a woman and honored those who genuinely accomplish things of great value. Time Magazine was just getting up to speed with what scripture has always said. Often people have looked at it and said, well, Christianity is oppressive. No, Christianity is liberating. The world is oppressive. I looked at who, as they're trying to go back and right the wrongs of the past, would you like to guess who they would say the women of the year are? People like Marilyn Monroe, a lady who was so taken advantage of, a lady who was so uncomfortable with who she was, she was always trying to get acceptance. And I thought, how we misused that poor lady. Here was a lady who was crying out, and the world, as, as they say, she was a sex symbol. Is that a good thing for a person to call them a symbol like that? And all of a sudden you begin looking. As I went through the various names, what I found was these influential women that they were focusing on were people that, again, had been marginalized and misused. In the, 18, in, 18, in the 1850s, Ann Jarvis's original thought for Mother's Day was to organize women to use their influence to accomplish great things. Today it's more a card and flower celebration. But as, as you think about what the world says about women. I thought a lady named Margaret Sanger, 1925, she would have been woman of the year, according to time. Her major things were birth control, weeding out defective babies, and helping those who were enslaved to maternity. And all of a sudden you begin realizing they have a totally different agenda, but Satan's agenda, what do we always know about Satan? He's a liar and he's a destroyer. And that's exactly what happens in today's world. All these ladies who are trying to be accepted, trying to prove who they are, trying to be someone important, and they've been taught, they've been told the wrong things. Another, the 1936 Woman of the Year would have been Wallace Simpson, who was a royal family disruptor. People magazine in 2013 named the most beautiful woman. Doesn't that make everyone feel uncomfortable? And I thought this was fascinating that the most beautiful woman of the year, this was her statement. I'm not going to tell you who the person was. But this is her statement. She says, when you sit with someone who has true wisdom and true insight, then all of a sudden they look physically very beautiful. Beauty really does emanate from within. I find that fascinating. This is a person who still, at this point, is trying to sell outward beauty. Her products sell outward beauty, but the reality is she recognizes beauty is from within. You see, 
I find this fascinating. Proverbs does not honor a person for what God has done, but for what they could do. Bearing children is usually a normal thing, but children are a gift from the Lord, a heritage from the Lord. Therefore, the success of a woman is not found in the number of children that they bear. That's not what we're usually told. But the reality is, the children are a gift from God. It's a wonderful thing, and today we're celebrating mothers, but I want to expand this because when you look at Proverbs 31, it, uh, it addresses what is common, what is normal, and that is that often, most likely, ladies marry and they have children. But that is not one of the things that he draws attention to in Proverbs 31, if you go back and look at all the different things. Why? Because that is not something a lady can control. He's going to focus on the character of the individual. And we're going to look at women who make a mark on the world, whether you are married or not married, whether you have children or do not have children. That does not preclude you from being a woman who makes a mark on the world. You see, ladies, you cannot control, although anymore you have no idea, I mean, you really can't control what you look like. You can't control how God has made you. And therefore, God does not hold you accountable for that, just like he does not hold you accountable for your children. What he does hold you accountable for is your character. And for you men and women here this morning, I would challenge you with this. You can't, you can do the best you can with what you are, but you cannot change what you are. Genetics are genetics but you can impact what your character is, and through your character, you can impact this world. Many of the successful women listed on the internet have had some success in one area of their life or another, but have been failures on the local level. Failed marriages, failed families, failed finances, all at the local level. Whether it is a professional athlete, or a movie star, or a pastor, or it is not what the world says, it is the character of the individual. We're going to begin actually at the beginning of Proverbs 31, and I just want to draw your attention to something before we, we finish up the message. Lemuel's mom says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Lemuel's mom had been speaking to him about the most valuable parts of life. You know, it is, it is very difficult when you have either fame or you have fortune or you have something that it's easy to attach your worth to those things. And I want you to notice, Lemuel says, this is what my mom taught me. Now, Jewish tradition tells us that Lemuel is Solomon. Therefore, Lemuel's mom is Bathsheba, beautiful lady. Notice 
this warning according to tradition. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this right up front. This is tradition. It doesn't change what the text says, but it kind of gives you the background to it. And that is, according to tradition, this warning came when Solomon was indulging in magic with his Egyptian wife and was delaying the morning sacrifices. He was not doing what he was responsible to be a part of. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. It's only tradition that tells us this, but we do know that this is God's word. We do know that a lady named Mother was teaching her leader son, Lemuel, and we know several things about this. We know she is her son's mother, and she took that relationship seriously. Mother was serious that it was her responsibility to give direction and guidance. If you notice, Proverbs begins by saying, listen to your father. Proverbs ends by saying, listen to your mother. There is a teamwork that's going on in families and in relationships that are run right. And that is, it takes, God's intent was always for a man and a woman to help parent children. And sometimes we've been taught, you know, men, you go out and you do this, and women, you're in charge of the kids. That is not what the Scripture teaches. What the Scripture teaches is, listen to your father, listen to your mother. If you don't, it's going to be a heartache to your father. It's going to be a heartache to your mother. And notice the mom, we never stop parenting. Our roles change with our children as they grow. And notice what he's saying is, you know, I can hear my mom saying this. This is something my mom taught me. So, two things. First of all, she was her son's mother, and she never lost sight of that. The second thing was she was vowed to him. She had dedicated him to the Lord, just as Hannah had um, dedicated Samuel. What I want you to notice is, you know, baby dedications, what are they? What is unique about a baby dedication? A baby dedication is as much about the parents as it is about the children. Because, as we all know, everyone's free to choose. You're just not free to choose the consequences. You can be the best parent and your child still chooses to do wrong. And because we know everyone has a free will, we can't say, wrong parent, you did it wrong. Now, it's possible that there were things that we did wrong, okay? But before we just write off someone and say, well, their kids are a mess, so obviously there's a mess. Now, if we see a pattern, there ought to be something we come alongside and help a parent and say, you know, something's not right here. But children choose. So what I want you to notice is parents can't make a child turn out a certain way but they can dedicate themselves to being the kind of parents they should be. And what do we find from Hannah? Hannah worked very hard with her son, and by the time he was already young, he already understood how to obey. He understood how to get his chores done. He understood the importance of listening to God. And those impacted him for the rest of his life, and yet his mom was removed from his life for the most part since he was in elementary school. You see, in Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 through 9, she warns him about two things. Lemuel is saying, I can hear my mom saying, focus on the most important thing. Don't get sidetracked. You know, as parents, we're constantly seeing our children 
as they're learning, as they're growing, we're constantly seeing them get distracted with this thing and with that. And Lemuel's mom is saying, son, pay attention. Listen carefully. God made you king. God has a plan for your life. Don't ruin what you're here for. Now, notice, think about this for just a moment. Other than God made you king, aren't these the same things we would tell our children? God has you here on purpose. God has a plan for your life. Don't ruin why you're here. Give God your best. You see, those are words that we as parents tell our children all the time or can and should be as our children get older and they get discouraged. They feel pressures on their lives and they are feeling pretty beat down. What do we tell them? We come back and we tell them, don't, don't lose heart. God's got you here on purpose. You're here for a reason. Don't waste your life. Now, what were the things she warned him about? She said, be careful. Don't be girl crazy. Isn't that interesting that a beautiful lady is telling her son, be very careful. Women can turn your heart. Women that will ruin you. While it would be easy for a king to spend his time and energy enjoying women, that would be unwise. Verse 3, give not thy strength unto women, nor those that would destroy. I thought it's interesting. In our King James, it says which. It gives you the idea of switching from people to um, things. In reality, it, it's a dual statement where he says, be careful, don't give all your energy to women and to those who would destroy what you're trying to do. To you young people who are watching, who are listening, those here as well as those maybe on, online, let me just remind you of this, and that is knowing that you have a purpose here on earth, don't let yourself become distracted by other things. He says there are women that will ruin you. He says, don't be, she says, don't be girl crazy. But then notice what also he says, wine can ruin you. Anything that clouds your thinking. In our society today, there is a, a freedom, a tolerance for alcohol, for different things. We see drugs that are, that are misused. And here's all I would tell you, and that is this. Some say, well, absolutely no alcohol. There are others that would say, well, a little with moderation is okay. And here's what Solomon's mom said. Here's what Lemuel's mom said. Don't do anything that would cloud your ability to think. Ephesians chapter 5 says, don't be under the influence of something that's going to cloud your thinking, but be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? You have a purpose here on earth. Don't let yourself get distracted. I don't know how many people who have said a little is okay, and the problem they run into is later they have, their, their thinking is just, clouded, it's impaired, and what happens? They end up doing something that changes the way people view them. You know, she's not even addressing right or wrong. What she's telling her son is,
be very careful. Do not let anything impair your thinking, whether it be wine, whether it be beer, which is the text that's talking about grain-based and fruit-based alcohols here. He says, be, she says, be very careful, lest, here's the concern, you forget the law, you pervert the judgment of many of the afflicted. So what is it saying? He's saying, be careful to stay focused. As a king, you have the opportunity to help other people. You have the ability to, to step in and help those who are either, they've hit bottom, maybe for their own problems or maybe for something that wasn't their own, but for those who can't do anything about this, step in and help them. That's why you have this authority. And you know, as we're talking to our children, as we're looking at what's important, here is a mom who is pleading with her son and saying, son, you're in a position to influence many people. Why would you allow yourself to get sidetracked with women or wine, something that causes you to lose sight of the fact you're here to serve others? And being in a position of authority just gives you more responsibility to serve others. You see, women have the opportunity to shape what is to come. Beginning at verse 10, Proverbs ends with this poem that kind of begins with an asterisk. The asterisk is, the character of this kind of woman is really rare. This kind of person is so unique, so rare. Two questions we would come is, what is a virtuous or an excellent woman? And second of all, what is the price of a ruby? Because that's the asterisk. That's the thing that should all of a sudden cause you to go, huh, wow, this is that valuable? We're going to come back to what is the price of a ruby in a little bit. But before we do, let's look at what is a virtuous woman. The value of a virtuous woman. He begins by saying, oh, the value of a virtuous woman. Oh, the value of an excellent woman. Virtue is that which is reaching the full measure of what it should be. If a sword is virtuous, it's a sword that is sharp and is able to do what it's supposed to do. If a car is virtuous, it runs and it does more than runs. It runs perfectly. Whether it's a boat which keeps water out and allows a person to go through difficult waters. It's virtuous. Who can find a virtuous woman? Wow, a virtuous woman, a woman who is reaching her full potential is unique, is rare. Satan is using bait and switch today. To you ladies, Satan is using bait and switch. He's trying to make you feel valueless. He's trying to make you think that because you don't look like what they are airbrushing on some screen or because you are not the CEO of a company, you are a failure. And the reality is that's a lie. It's a bait and switch because you can't control all of the externals. What you can control is who you are, your character. To you young people today, to you young men, you're looking for character in a young lady. To you young ladies, make sure you've got your eye focused on what's really important. 
Notice verses 11 through 15. In verses 11 through 15, what's the first characteristic of this kind of a woman? She is thoughtful. She is thoughtful. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and portions to her maidens. What I want you to notice is this. She is thoughtful of other people. Here it describes she's thoughtful of her spouse. She is devoted to his success, and she is devoted, whether you're married or not, you are devoted to other people being successful. Do you see the character here? Rather than being one that's all puffed up and all about themselves, here's a person who's all about you. Here's a person who's all about you being successful. Wow. That's the kind of person you want to live with the rest of your life. Thoughtful of her household needs. She was thoughtful of her husband, but she was thoughtful of the household needs. Verses 13 and 14, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. That's not saying that if you don't know how to crochet, if you can't knit, that you're a horrible woman. What this is saying is, here is a person who is so selfless, who is so thoughtless about herself, that she's focused on other people. It's all about others. She is thoughtful. She's thoughtful about those in her home, verse 15. Notice what she says here. She riseth up while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She is concerned about how the people around her are doing. You know, you stop and think for a moment, men, you children, stop and think for a moment how many times mom has prepared something. Mom is juggling all these different balls, and yet there is a meal on the table, and yet there are clean clothes, and yet there are, and yet there are, and all of a sudden you say, well, that, that just happens magically. It just happens magically when you can make something happen. No, ladies are working very hard, and what's at the heart of that is selflessness because they would rather sit down just like everybody else. They would rather have the same freedoms that we have. They would rather have all the same hobbies that we have. They would rather have the downtime that we have, but they don't. You see, now, there, this isn't to say that every woman is like this. Remember, he starts, he says, wow, who can find an excellent woman? These are rare, as rare as a priceless Ruby, thoughtfulness. Looking for a wife? Thoughtfulness. Write that down. Second of all, diligent. Diligent, verses 16 through 19. I want you to notice verses 16 and 18. She develops plans and prepares for tasks. If I can go back to just one small slice of what my wife does. She plans for meals. 
for me, it's like, I don't know, they just happen. I love what she does. But the reality is, and you know what, everyone, every guy is different. So what I like is not necessarily what you guys would like. I'm kind of a variety person. You ask me what my favorite meal is, and this week I'm going to say it's this. And by next week I'm going to go, oh, it's okay. And by the third week it's like, eh, I like that. And for years, my wife has laughed at me because people will say, well, what's your husband's favorite dish? And she'll say, I don't know. And it's not that she doesn't know me. It's the fact that she does know me. And so you know what she does? She plans a menu when it's just the two of us. And when we have people coming into our home, she's planned these things out. What happens? You know, I love this aspect of her diligence that she plans and she prepares for tasks. Verse 17, notice, she girdeth her loins with strength. She prepares physically. Verse 18, she thinks through her purchases. You see, that takes discernment, that takes diligence. Verse 19, she develops her personal skills. Every person is different. Not every lady is going to be able to do the same things. But we do know this, key characteristics in our lives. One, thoughtfulness is really going to be important no matter what you do in life. Diligence is going to be important. And you know what, men? These are just as important for us as they are for ladies. Sometimes, and, and I hope... I hope always when I preach you feel this way, but definitely on Mother's Day that you ladies don't come in and feel beat up and walked out and go, I'm just a failure. No, you see, here is someone who is, who is being held up as, wow, this is rare. This is unique. As she's developing these personal skills, I want you to notice also verse 20. Not only is she thoughtful not only is she diligent but i want you to know she is caring verse 20 she looks for and meets people's needs talks about the poor and needy you know that goes beyond your own home next one verses 21 and 22 another characteristic is she is practical She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh her coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. What I want you to notice is she's a lady who looks nice in public, but is practical and is ahead of the game. Son, it's snowing. Wear a coat. Son, you're going to need boots today, not tennis shoes. It, you see? And yet, she's going, you can't wear that combination. Everyone's going to laugh at you if you wear that when you go to school today. What's happening is, here is a lady who is practical. She knows appropriate dress. She knows what is flattering dress. It's intentional dressing. That's my whole point. The world is going to tell you, ladies, dress this way. It's not practical. It's not appropriate, and it's not flattering to who you are. You're addressing what everyone else has. 
you focus on the character of the individual. You notice he's not talking about body parts when he describes the perfect woman. Did that ever cross your mind? That those things that the world emphasizes are not in the list? Because beauty is passing. And favor, what people think, comes and goes. The one thing I did notice in Times 100-year cover stories of all these women, they all dressed differently. There was not a, yes, everyone who's going to be successful dresses the same way. No, it's all about the character of the individual. You see, the results of being the right kind of woman are... For her husband, it frees him to serve, and it multiplies what she could have done on her own. And for those who are not married, it would have the same impact, and that is it frees other people. When you, when you are thoughtful, it frees other people to be able to reach their potential. We're so focused on ourselves today that we often are just thinking what I can get done when in reality you realize if I can just multiply myself by one other person, I can do twice as much work. If I can multiply myself, if I can have two other people, I've tripled myself. Do you have two children? Do you have three children? Do you have one child? Think of the multiplication aspect that can take place. Someone is going to clone that individual into what they should be. Don't lose sight of what's valuable. You may say, I'm not married. Who do you invest yourself in? Think about our church. Think about our children. Think about other individuals. How will we invest ourselves in other people? And when we do, we multiply ourselves. For her home, it provides excess resources. For her sphere to influence, she's able to point others in the right direction. Her wisdom and her kindness characterize her speech. What kind of speech will you have in your home? And what's the benefit? Let's just, let's peel back and let's just say, okay, so what's in it for me? Is this really the right way to go? Or am I asking you to do something that is altruistic? altruistic? Am I asking you to do something that has no benefit to you? And that's never what God does. The right way is always the right way. Notice with me, in verse 28, what happens is she's well-respected in her home. Also, verse 29, she's well-respected in her community. Interestingly, this poem summarizes the woman of the year by explaining the criteria. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Understand that. Get that in your heads. You guys who are looking for a future mate. You ladies who are wanting to be a future mate. You, you parents, as you are trying to figure out what, do I, what am I going to focus on? Because there's so much I could do with my kids. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but the woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. 
Honor her for all she has accomplished. That's what it means there. Give her of the fruit of her hands. Honor her for all that she has accomplished. You see, the frustration with, prop, uh, with popularity is that you can't control what the masses think about you. With Jesus in one week, remember? The crowds came. If you saw my wife's Bible story lesson, the crowds all came, and the next week they crucified him. And that was with Jesus, who was perfect. Imagine with us, who actually has reasons for people not to like us. You see, the frustration with popularity is you can't control what the masses think about you. You cannot choose genetically how you were born, but you can control what you will be. So I said I would come back to price as far above rubies. What's the value of a ruby? Interestingly, one of the most sought-after gemstones in the world is a ruby. Rubies are made from uh, corundum. It should be noted that corundum creates different gemstones. You know, a corundum can not only be a ruby, but it can also be a sapphire. Red, blue, same mineral. Sapphires come in a variety of colors, but only red corundum is considered to be a ruby. And since naturally occurring rubies are very rare and extremely rare in large sizes over three carats, they can demand prices higher than diamonds. Now we have artificial rubies today that are beautiful, but it's not rare like a natural one. Corundum, from which rubies are made, is, is a combination of aluminum and iron and bits of chromium and titanium. It's usually scientifically written as AL203. It should be noted that other than diamonds, it's one of the hardest substances known to man. Rubies were worn by kings. It comes from the Latin word ruber, which is red. Most, in fa most important factor of the value of a ruby is its color. Top quality rubies are very red. They're totally saturated with this red color. The auction record price per carat for a ruby on, uh, is the sale of an 8.62 uh, carat, and they say it was a cushion cut, pigeon blood red, unheated Burmese stone, and it sold for $425,000 per carat, selling for over $3.6 million. Do you know the most expensive hot dog that ever sold was in Little Rock, Arkansas, and that sold for $1,500? You didn't know that, did you? <laughs> did you know that the Apollo 17 toolkit hammer sold for $75,900? Aren't you glad that he didn't compare you to a top-selling hot dog or hammer, ladies? Instead, he talked about the pricelessness of a ruby. I had one of those moments last night. 
my mom's been gone 21 years. And time passes fast. And I wanted to paste a picture in honor of my mom on my Facebook page. And I started going back in my digital photos and she wasn't there. Because digital photos 21 years ago were really rare. And I began thinking, how many things I didn't get to share with my mom. Zach never knew my mom. My next oldest child really doesn't have a lot of memories of my mom. But my mom was a very focused person. She was a servant, made my dad successful, made us as children successful, helped us stay focused on what was important without making us feel stupid. Do you know my mom's ministry has now impacted, has multiplied so that her three children are now all focused on what we were here to do? And my mom's ministry is now impacting my children, my sister's children, my brother's children, as she multiplied herself through us. And now my mom's ministry is multiplying through my children's children. But the world will never put her on Time Magazine. Good trade? I'm so thankful my mom traded for what she did. I miss her. I wish we would have had more time together because my dad worked so hard when my mom died to still be in our lives. I didn't feel that hole as badly until I stop and reflect on everything that's happened in my life and how my mom, like a Hannah's working with her son Samuel, my mom's impact still goes on. Who can find an excellent woman? Oh, they're out there. They're just rare. To you ladies, thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful for the ministry you have in people's lives. You do the things that often we men say, I can't do that, like it's any easier for you. And yet you just get the job done. Thank you. Don't forget 
you're in a position of influence. Keep influencing. What you do is multiplying, and multiplication is interesting because the more you multiply, obviously it just goes out exponentially. What you can do to impact this world for the Lord Jesus Christ is incredible. Don't lose sight. To you husbands, never lose sight of the fact of what your spouse is doing for you. If you take credit for your success, you're not as smart as what I thought you were. Is that the kindest way I can say that? You've missed the point. What your wife does allows you to accomplish many of the things that you do. Honor her today. I'm so thankful we can be back together. I'm so sad that we can't have all of us together and in fact be inviting other women in to let them know their worth, their value, their focus. Because the world has messed with your mind. To you young men, to say that beauty is is failing doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy the person that you're with. I'm so thankful who I married. Not only, not only am I thankful for her character, she's beautiful. God's going to give you someone that you can be totally enamored with, but what you're going to find is exactly what we found, and that is what a person is on the, outs, on the inside comes out and makes them beautiful. Look for character. I hope you wrote down those things I told you because you need all those things when you're looking for a wife. You too. Okay? Work on those things when you look for a person. I've seen some very beautiful ladies who had nothing to do with that. God gave them that, who were so conceited and so stuck up that their beauty was overrun by their character. At home, be trustworthy and selfless. Can we just for a moment focus on marital counseling for just a moment? How do you treat your spouse? Especially during this time of being in the house together lots more than normal. Are you thoughtful? As a teen, can your parents trust you to do right? Character. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? Character. Who you are. Whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, do your actions and attitudes encourage trust or not? When you tell your parents, trust me, why don't you trust me? You ought to be asking, is there something in my character that causes you not to trust me? As a child, let me encourage you, make it your goal to be trustworthy. As a parent, how can we not look at our lives and realize every day is a choice for how we're going to live? Model your life for your children. Men, how do you want your boys to treat their wife? Model that today. 
Ladies, how do you want your children to treat their husband? Model that for them. Selfishness or selflessness? Willing to sacrifice? How well do you treat those who serve you? Employers, parents, most of us don't have servants in our home, but we do have people that help us. How well do we look out for people? In the community, be prepared and be appropriate. Planning and preparation is important. I would encourage you with this. The college you go to is going to be important. Not everyone's going to go to college, but take every opportunity that you can. These characteristics are characteristics that every person should want to have in their lives. Trustworthiness, selflessness, thoughtfulness, careful, being careful of others, good steward of resources, being well prepared. Remember the old phrase, pretty is as pretty does. Any of you ever hear that? Don't forget. Happy Mother's Day. Love you all. Came here to do whatever I could to multiply myself in you to help you be successful. I hope you'll take that same thing and do it in others. We can impact this community. We can impact our families, but it all starts with something that's really rare. 